chapter number 24 and uh, verse number 27. I am going to turn this thing on here uh, just for my sake. Proverbs chapter number 24 and verse number 27. Uh, and you just hold your place there. We'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, Proverbs 24 verse 27 uh, we are, this is the final uh, section under the first stage. Thank you, sir. This is, <clears throat> this is the final, sta- or final section, <coughs> excuse me, under the first stage of home building. Uh, remember, there are, what, five, six stages. The first stage, the foundation stage, which we'll start next week, Lord willing. Uh, the framing stage. Uh, then there's the finishing stage, and then there is the front porch stage is what I've called it. So five stages uh, in building a Christian home. Uh, we are at the, uh, at the end uh, of the first stage. Uh, we've looked at things like uh, developing the plan. Uh, we're going to sit down, develop a plan. What do we want? Uh, are we willing to pay the price to have what's right? Uh, we've looked at things like determining the plants. That's where we've been for weeks now, determining the plants, looking room by room uh, and developing the kind of home that we want to live in to the glory of God. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at the, the next and last, the third and last part of the first stage, and that is demolish uh, the parcel. Three stages in the first stage, or three steps in the first stage, develop a plan, determine the prints, and finally demolish the parcel. And simply, uh, that is, clear the ground. Make it, uh, make, uh, make ready the, the ground for building. Uh, if you, if you uh, have ever watched anybody build anything, uh, they, 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 uh, they clear the area, they clear the obstructions, they clear the ground, they level the ground, all of that before the building and the foundation takes place. Uh, that's why I've got you in Proverbs chapter 24 tonight uh, and verse 27. Here's what it says. You can read it with me. I'll read it as I read it. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. And afterwards build thine house. Uh, what, what, what does that mean? Get the ground ready. Uh, get things ready to build what it is that you want to build. Uh, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. Um, the decisions have been made and the plans have been drawn. Now comes the hard part, putting our plans into action. Before the foundation can be laid, the building site must be prepared. The ground may not be level. Obstructions may block the way, so the work begins. This preparation involves three elements. I want to give you these three elements tonight uh, as we consider this part of demolishing the parcel. Uh, There was a time uh, when, when, and I was was not around then, as I may not have, well, I know I wasn't. I wasn't even alive then. Uh, I believe this church was started in 1972. Uh, I was born in 1985. I wasn't even alive uh, then, but there was a time when this property was donated to Crossroads Baptist Church. Uh, and then after the property was donated, uh, then came the work of bulldozing and clearing the property 
uh, making it, uh, and maybe that had happened before it was donated, I don't know, but there was a time uh, when the ground was, uh, when the obstructions were moved, you, you, can't, uh, you can't, unless you're building a log home uh, with a tree in the middle as the center focal point, you, you, can't, you can't build a house around a tree. Uh, it don't matter how pretty things are, some things have to be moved. There are obstructions to progress. Uh, and I, I think tonight <clears throat> we come to our Christian home, especially marriage, with a whole lot of uh, obstructions to progress uh, in, in the life of our spouse. And then not only that, but after we, we've been married a while, we have children in the life of our children. Uh, and there are things that we, we never deal with uh, that become major issues down the road. Uh, and so the purpose of this thought tonight is to make us aware of the fact that if we're going to have what we want, if we're going to have what we desire, if we're going to have what honors God and glorifies God, that there's going to have to be some things that we deal with head on in the beginning. And if we don't deal with them head on in the beginning, they're going to linger around uh, and fester and cause problems uh, throughout the marriage, throughout the home, throughout the raising uh, of children. Uh, so I, I'm going to look at three elements in preparing uh, for building a house as we demolish the parcel. Number one, you can write it down. Uh, if you want, I'll get you a paper in days to come. Uh, there, there are obstructions that must be recognized. Obstructions that must be recognized. Um, uh, you, you, and, and, and the reason why I use the word recognize is because you might not be able to fix them all right now. You might not be able to change them all right now, but you need to know that they're there. Uh, if you don't know that they're there, uh, it is going to be costly in the long run. Uh, when we bought our house, we, uh, uh, there were some things that had to be checked. I brought in people to check things. We wanted to make sure... Uh, that the, uh, the wells functioned properly. We wanted to make sure that the structure uh, was proper. We wanted to make sure uh, that these things were right because when I signed my name on that dotted line and purchased that home, uh, then it's my home. It's my responsibility now. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure there was no obstructions in the lines. There was no uh, liens or issues or anything like that. Uh, if you buy a piece of ground and you want to build a house on it, uh, you, you have to get a, uh, what do they call the test, uh, uh, a percolating, uh, what, what's the, the, the ground test, soil test, what did you say? Soil compaction test. A soil compaction test. There's lots of tests that you want to get uh, that, that, uh, to make sure the ground is right, uh, the water's right, uh, but before you begin to build and find out, oh, I can't build here, uh, what we've got is sinking sand. What we've got is a flood zone. Uh, uh, so the obstructions may not all be able to be fixed today. You might not be able to walk out of here tonight with everything fixed uh, in your home, but if you can recognize that they're there, uh, then God can help you fix these problems. So that's what I want you to do tonight for a little bit. Are there obstructions? Are there things obstructing the building of a godly home, a godly marriage, and godly children. Um, it's not always easy to recognize obstructions that are in our way. Sometimes we become so used to our surroundings that we don't realize that our desired progress is being instructed. 
are being obstructed. Sometimes these obstructions are natural. Uh, by natural, I mean trees, rocks, etc. Uh, but taken in the spiritual sense, uh, these natural obstructions can be seen as things that have always been in our life. Things that just come natural to us. Uh, and I can give you, and I will, uh, a list of things that I jotted down this afternoon uh, <clears throat> that are obstructions to marriages, that are obstructions to raising, uh, raising children, they're obstructive to uh, the Christian home, uh, and, and they may be natural, but it don't mean uh, that, uh, that it's right. It may be natural, uh, but it doesn't mean that it should be left uh, unchecked. Uh, a tree is natural, and you may enjoy the trees, and you may want to live in the forest, but if you're going to build a house, you're going to have to move some of them. You may like rocks, um, and, and, and they may be beautiful to you, uh, but if you're going to build a house, you're going to have to move some of them. Uh, uh, if not, and though they're natural, uh, they're, 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 there's no denying that they're natural, but they're in the way. Just because something comes natural to you does not mean it's right. And we know that because when God saved us, he had to change our nature. And God had to change our nature because what comes natural to us uh, is not always right. It is natural. Uh, for you to be selfish. There is by nature uh, something that no one has to teach you. Now, we do have people that do a good job helping teach us how to be more selfish. Right? Uh, we, we, we have watched people. We have it uh, in us. And we've done a good job teaching people how to be more selfish sometimes. But no one has to teach a child or an adult how to be selfish. It is a natural characteristic. It is a natural tendency. Uh, selfishness, uh, jealousy uh, is, is, is natural. It's, it's natural to be jealous over someone you love, someone you like, or someone that you don't love or like, you just are attracted to, and so you are jealous over them. Or maybe you don't love, like, or are you attracted to them, but you want uh, their attention, and so uh, you're jealous over them. Well, that is a natural uh, obstruction, but selfishness uh, can destroy your home. Jealousy can ruin your marriage. And a little bit of jealousy is a good thing. I'll look at that in a moment and talk to you about it. Uh, but but over uh, being overly jealous uh, to the point of untrust and unbelief uh, uh, and insincerity uh, will ruin the foundation of a marriage and a home. If this thing's going to work, somebody's going to have to believe somebody. Right? So jealousy may be natural, uh, but it doesn't mean that it's out of the way. And I'm talking about obstructions that need to be uh, recognized. A temper, uh, 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 anger. Uh, anger is not necessarily a bad thing. A temper is, if you're hot-headed, that may come natural to you to get red-faced and blow up and scream and stomp and kick and snort and punch and crawl and, and, and all of those things, that's natural. But it don't make it right. And, and, and if we're going to build a home, we're going to have to recognize that these are things that are in my life. Uh, and, and I need to deal with this. Uh, or it's going to negatively affect my marriage, my children, my ability to raise children. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it amazing how easy it is to see the faults in the one that we've married? Now, you didn't see those faults before you got married. You know why? Because you weren't looking. Seven people around you told you about them. 
and you didn't even hear him. Now, that's a good fellow right there. I'm going to tell you what. Now, he's this, this, and this. That's a good girl, but watch out. She's this, this, and this. And it went whew, right over your head. You didn't hear it. You didn't see it because you didn't want to hear it and didn't want to see it. And now that's all you can hear and all you can see because you're looking for it. Uh, but you can't see that in you, but you see it in other people. Uh, then God gives you children, uh, and they're and they're adorable. They're sweet. They're soft. They smell like baby powder. Uh, they look at you with those trusting eyes. Uh, they 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 want to snuggle. They want to hug. They want to nap. You ain't ever napped unless you nap with a newborn baby. Can I get a witness right there? That's uh, that's like that's like napping uh, uh, plus. That's that's like napping uh, beyond. Uh, a newborn baby just snuggle up on the couch or the or the lazy boy and 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 and, and nap. Uh, but they grow out of that. They get personalities. They get mouths. They was born with them. They know how to use them. Now they do, and their mouths become mouthy. Uh, they learn to back talk. You have to teach them that uh, back talk. Uh, they 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 they. Uh, become problematic. They grow up and they get, uh, something happens. That they, they get 11 and 12 and, and their, whole, their whole world turns upside down. And we know that their life is changing and all that, but they, they get this chip and they put it on their shoulder and they walk around with it everywhere they go. Uh, and, 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 and now uh, you can see their faults. You, 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 see the, you see their faults because they're young adults. And you see the faults of the person you married because they're an adult. Uh, but I need you and I need to see and you need to see and we need to see uh, and recognize uh, the obstructions in our own life. And you may see theirs and you ought to, uh, but you need to see yours more blaring and more glaringly than you see anybody else's. Because I can't change anybody else, but I sure enough can do the very best I can with the help of God to change me. Um, lying. It's natural. It's not unnatural. It's natural. You say, you say how do you know that, that a liar or lying is natural? Because if you take a baby that's just old enough to talk, uh, and, and, and you say, now who was it that ate this cookie? And they got crumbs in their mouth, they can't talk, chocolate on both hands, running off the side of their face, and they'll blame the dog, they'll blame the goldfish, uh, they'll, they'll blame whatever is in the room before they'll take the blame themselves. Who taught them that? You didn't teach them that. They got that from your nature, and it is natural to lie. Uh, but... You need to recognize if your first inclination is to always lie, even about silly stuff and simple stuff, that's going to be highly obstructive to the faithfulness of your marriage. That's going to be highly obstructive to the trustworthiness of your marriage. That's going to be highly obstructive to the teachable, uh, is that a word, to the teachability to your children. Uh, how, how, how are we going to deal with these things if we don't deal with them within our own self? Are you hearing me tonight? Uh, what about a strong will? That's natural. Some 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 kids are just born passive, and some kids are born aggressive. Uh, some some are born followers to a degree, and some are are, are natural leaders. Uh, some are bullheaded, pig-headed. 
uh, strong-willed and there's boys that way and there's girls that way. Uh, I, I will throw this out here at you moms and dads and you can take it for whatever you want. It is your job uh, to, to break the will of that child. You say, I, I don't think I should do that. Is that not what God's been doing in your life? You're strong-willed and God spent half of your life breaking your will to get you to the point where He can use you. And if you don't break the will, there's going to come a time in the life of, of your child when that cute little adorable child is going to look at you and you're going to say, don't touch that. And they're going to point their finger out and they're going to walk towards it and they're looking to see what you're going to do. And if you smile and grin and laugh and they do what they have realized, I'm one up on them, uh, and they're going to keep doing that. And there'll have to come a time, and it may come with a lot of discipline and a lot of tears, but where the, the will of that child is broken, and they realize that what they say they mean, and I must obey it. What they say they mean, and I must, listen, my job in life is now changed to, uh, instead of running the show, now my show is run, and I've got to obey what they say. Uh, strong will. It's natural, but if you can't ever say I'm sorry, if you can't ever bow out, if you can't ever apologize, if you can't ever back down, if you can't ever admit fault, if you'd rather jump off a bridge and die before you said, I was wrong. And some of you, uh, some of us in here, and I, I don't think this is my personality, I've got my own problems. And I don't think this is my personality, but I have known people. How about I say it that way instead of some of you? How about some people I have known in life? If I said, what would you rather do? It's more scary to them. It's more, I mean, intrusive in their mind uh, to, to say I was wrong than it would be to, 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 to face a mountain lion that hadn't eaten six weeks. Uh, well, I'll handle that mountain lion, I tell you. <laughs> Strong will may be natural, but you're not going to get anywhere in a marriage if, you, if both of you can't come to the point where you say, sorry, I was wrong. And mean it. Not just trying to get out of an argument. Every one of you have done that, especially if you're a man. I'm sorry. But you're not sorry, and you know it, and she knows it. You just want it to end. I'm sorry, everybody. But it would be good if, if ladies and men could genuinely say, man, I was wrong. Do you know how hard it is, and I think some of you do, to say I was wrong to a 15-year-old or a 13-year-old that knows everything? And I got two of the best that I know, but they know everything. I guess I did too. My daddy always told me, son, you can't be tall nothing, can you? I'm paying for it now. And I got good kids, no complaints, but but you know how hard it is to say, yeah, you were right. Dad, I think we should do it this way. Shut up, son, that don't work. And then you think, he's probably right. And after I tried and exhausted all of the ways that I thought might work, just trying not to do that one thing that he said do. You were right. Good job, son. Uh, that's hard to do, especially when you're strong-willed. 
Don't double down in your stupidity. Are y'all hearing me tonight? If you're wrong, don't be double wrong because now you know you're wrong and everybody in the room knows you're wrong but you're too proud to admit you're wrong so now you're going to huff and puff and go on in your being wrong and now it's just embarrassing. Oh, it's quiet in here. That's just embarrassing. Just go ahead. I mean, just peel the band-aid off quick. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And walk away if you have to. Uh, there are obstructions that need to be recognized. And if we don't recognize them, the old adage is, is, uh, is um, you can't help someone who won't admit that they need help. Well, you can't get help from God if you won't recognize that there are things obstructing your home from being what God wants it to be. What about a critical personality? Some people are just critical. They can't help it. Uh, that's just who they are, and it's not always bad. Sometimes a little bit of critical or a little bit of criticism in the right way is a good thing. Uh, it might, it might uh, if, if, if anybody in our home, my wife would be more critical than myself, and she knows it, and she admits it. She's got a more critical personality. I'm a very trusting personality. I'll give, I'll give a, a con everything I got, and then at 30 minutes later, be like, that was dumb. Uh, and she's more like, Are you really going to give him that? I don't trust him. Oh, no, he's a nice guy. I've never met him before, but he's a nice guy, I can tell. I mean, it's not wrong to be critical. I'm talking about over-critical. I'm talking about everything is critical. Everything is criticism. Criticism of your husband. Criticism of your wife. Criticism of your children. Criticism of your neighbors. Everything is critical. Recognize that as something that will obstruct the welfare of your home. That's not going to be good. People can't live in that all the time. I need some criticism in my life. Uh, it is helpful to me. Uh, I need, you need criticism in your life. It is helpful to you. But no one wants to live in chronic criticism all the time. You can't function that way. Uh, and I know men who are critical. Their wife, it don't matter what they did, it don't matter what she does, she couldn't ever do it as good as mama. I just don't know why I didn't marry your mama. She couldn't ever do it as good as mama. She couldn't ever uh, do it as good as, 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 as what he wants it. And then on the other hand, I know, I know uh, ladies and the, the poor fella that she's married to, he... He, he's never been as good as her daddy. Uh, and, and, and there's no way that he's ever going to live up to that. Uh, and, and critical of every single thing. Uh, I know parents, both sets, or maybe, maybe one, and, and, and of course not in here, and, and of course certainly not with me, you know. Never been this way. But, but people that I know outside of the church world, other people's churches, they call me and tell me about the problems that they have. And I, and I tell them, man, I don't understand why y'all have it. We don't ever. Uh, it's really bad out there, y'all. I don't know if y'all know it's really bad out there. Just be glad for where you're at. Uh, children, 
I catch myself doing that with my sons. I, I, I want to be loving, but I also want to be hard on them. I want them to, in a good sense, I want them to grow up and be strong and firm and be men and, and be tough and, and be loving at the same time and be gracious, but be full of grit and grace. Uh, uh, I, I, want them, I want them to do all these things, but I, but I catch myself uh, criticizing things in their life. To the point that it grieves me. If it grieves me, how much does it grieve them? And how long has it grieved them? Uh, and sometimes, and I didn't write any of this down, I'm just talking to you, uh, sometimes we take advantage of the leadership role in our life uh, of the people beneath us. We would never act that way to people who could talk back to us. We would never act that way to people who could straighten us out. We would never act that way to people who would fire us unless we don't have much sense. But we take advantage of people that are beneath us or people that are beside us. And we think we can treat our peers any way we want to. And we think that we can treat people coming up beneath us any way that we want to. And your criticism has never, ever, a, a, a little... A little negative criticism from a friend is one thing, but your negativity, your criticism in the life of everybody and everything that they do has never built and bonded your relationships like you think that they do. And, and we, we, we think so much of ourselves that we think that everybody needs our wisdom everywhere we go, and sometimes the best thing is just to be quiet. Is anybody here me tonight? Uh... I'm just talking about natural obstructions. They're going to obstruct your marriage. They're going to obstruct your ability to raise children. Uh, these things, and, and we got several in here with young children. I'm just telling you tonight. I'm just telling you. It is coming. The day is coming when you're going to wade through waters and navigate through deeper waters than you can wade through with young people, the same ones that were cute and cuddly two years ago, uh, grow out of that. And they might be good kids, but they're going to need a lot more direction. And you're going to have to you're going to have to have more than a because I said so mentality. You're going to have to learn to teach some stuff uh, uh, in life and talk about some stuff and and change some stuff in your own life. I'm just telling you. Is anybody hearing me that agrees with me? I my boys have changed me as they have progressed in life. And not that I have backed down from truth, but they have changed, uh, and in a better way, I have recognized in them faults in me that I didn't want to admit. I have recognized in them weaknesses that are in me that I didn't want to deal with. Uh, and they all may be natural, but they're obstructing everything. Uh, negative. Uh, easily offended. <clears throat> if you're married and, and your spouse is scared to talk to you uh, because you're so easily offended, everybody walks on eggshells. You ever heard the saying, everybody walks on eggshells when they're around you, nobody wants to offend you. Y'all be, but dad's home. Y'all be, mom's, mom's awake. Be quiet. Turn the fun meter down. Mom don't believe in fun. Dad just got home. Everybody straighten up, line up. It's soldiering time. <clears throat> Y'all talk back to me now. 
Ah, <clears throat> easily offended. Kids are this way too. Young people are this way. Adults are this way. Easily. That, you say, well, that's just who I am. It's natural. Then recognize that this comes natural to you, but natural obstructions still have to be dealt with. Just have to be dealt with. It needs to be vacated from my life. It needs to be worked on. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be moved. I'm not going to help my spouse or my children if I carry around like a badge of honor all of my negative natural characteristics. <clears throat> um, sometimes these natural obstructions can be extremely difficult hindrances to our plans. They may be big, their roots may run deep, and may even be beautiful. And that's why I said, uh, walking around like they're a badge of honor. We take pride. You, you ever heard somebody say, well, I just, if I think it, I say it. And then, you know, stiffen up their neck and as if they just made just a profound statement that, that they are better than all the rest of us because they don't have a censor. Well, I just say what I think. Okay, obviously, you have an obstruction uh, in your life that you don't recognize. Well, I just think it, I say it. Okay, obviously, uh, you don't have the discernment to recognize that that's not getting you anywhere. Some things you think you shouldn't say. <clears throat> um, if the Christian home is to be built, we must recognize there are sometimes are just simply uh, things that are in the way. Selfishness may come natural. Losing your temper may be second nature, but remember, just because it's natural does not make it right or any less in the way. I'm talking about demolishing the parcel, uh, and if we're going to do that, obstructions must be recognized. Natural obstructions. What about unnatural obstructions? Sometimes there are, un, or there are obstructions in our way that are unnatural. Uh, a physical example would be an old car or an abandoned building, something that wasn't originally there but was placed there at some point by a man. Uh, and so we're going to build a house and we find the plot where we want to build it and there's a shed there that did not come naturally and it may have served a time, a purpose in time, but now it is in the way and so it must go. Um, an old abandoned car is there and it is in the site where we want to build our home. And so as, as nice as that old car is to look at, it's got to be removed from the site. <clears throat> it was put there by a man. There are things in your life, there are obstructions to your home that you didn't have to be taught. No one put it in your life. You were born with the, with the <clears throat> tendency <clears throat> to lie, with the tendency to be selfish, with the tendency to be hot-headed, with the tendency to be self-willed, strong-willed, uh, critical, easily offended, that you can't blame that on anybody in this world. That's just who you are. And it needs to be changed. And it's your job to change it. But then there are unnatural uh, obstructions. And that's stuff that was put in your life by somebody else. If somebody walked out on you, whether it be a parent or a spouse, whether whether you meant for it to happen or not, they put in you uh, 
the, a hard time for you to trust people in the future. That's just how it is. If your parent ever walked out on you, if they ever abandoned you, you have a hard time trusting people because someone who should have never abandoned you abandoned you. If you were married to someone, whether you admit this or not, and somebody walked out on you, you've had a hard time uh, uh, you've had a hard time trusting other people, even people that you love dearly. In the back of your mind, there's always the, when's it going to happen again? And that wasn't natural to you. You wasn't born with that. As a child, the child don't think mom and dad's ever going anywhere. The child thinks that the world revolves around them, and it ought to at that point. The child thinks everybody's here for the long haul, and it is life that changes the opinion of the child. It is natural for the child to trust everybody. It is natural for the child to believe what anybody tells them, and life teaches them otherwise and makes us, because of what other people do, uh, untrusting. Right? Right. <clears throat> That is, a un, that is an unnatural obstruction, but it's still an obstruction. <clears throat> what about the lack, the lack of affection, being unaffectionate? The person you're married to needs your affection. <clears throat> just plain and simple, they need. I don't care if they say, oh, this is not what I am. They need and desire your affection. Your children need and desire your affection. They want more than anything else in this world. They want your approval and they want your affection. They want you to talk about the good in their life and they want you to prove to them that you love them. Even if they shun it, they want your affection. <clears throat> and people are born affectionate. It's just simple. It's just, it's just natural. It just comes natural to be affectionate, to want to be around people, to want to hug people, to want to love people. They're born that way, and it is life and people in our life that teaches us otherwise. If you're not affectionate, it was more than likely taught to you by other people who were not affectionate. If your mom loved all over you and your dad loved all over you, then you probably do the same thing to your children. If they did not, then you're probably not doing that to your children or your spouse. If your parents were never affectionate to one another, then there's a good possibility that you have carried on that trait that you learned from them. Are y'all here at night? You learned that from them. It is natural to be affectionate with the people that you love. But people teach us to be other than that. They teach us to be opposite than that. And when you grow up without the affection of a father uh, and you're a man, it's hard for you to extend that affection to others because you never saw it. You ever hear these kids come up and say, my, my dad never told us he loved us. I hear people boast about this, and, and it's so silly. Well, I told her I loved her the day I married her. I told her if anything ever changes, I'd let her know. And every man has heard that and even said that in jest. But if you live by that motto, that's obstructive. It's obstructive. The children need affection. The spouse needs affection. And if you don't know how to put in words, I love you, then figure out how. It's plain and simple. Nobody ever did it to me. Then don't do the same thing to the, the next people coming up behind you. Well, my daddy never hugged me. My mama never hugged on me and look at me. I'm all right. Are you? By what measure? 
हा बींग अनफेक्शनेट इज टॉट दैट इज एन ऑब्स्ट्रक्शन दैट इज अनैचुरल दैट वाज पुट देयर बाय समबडी व्हाट अबाउट दिस वन एडिक्शंस to have a nature that is addictive is one thing it is it is really in the nature of most people to be addictive it's easy to get addicted to biting your fingernails it's easy to get addicted to chocolate it's easy to get addicted to coke and caffeine but it's also easy to get addicted to other things that are much worse than that and so the ability to be easily addicted to things may be natural but the things that we addict ourselves to are not often natural um <clears throat> and they were placed there by man some body introduced you to alcohol or methamphetamines or cigarettes or tobacco or whatever it may be well that's not natural you 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 were you you were introduced to that and somebody put that in your life um and and and, and so kids grow up and say well my daddy was an alcoholic and he gave it to me when i was 10 and and man i just but what i'm trying to tell you is that is an unnatural obstruction that's going to wreak havoc on your home as the years progress and when you tell that 5 year old go get me a beer and i don't think any of this goes on in here but i'm just talking to you you tell that 5 year old to go get me a beer that 5 year old is going to turn into a 15 year old that's going to go get them one too <clears throat> um bitterness <clears throat> people are not born bitter you're not born bitter i'm going to say it again you was not born bitter situations in life made you that way and you're bitter and you're trying to build a home when you are rotten oh i need to say that again to my You're trying to build a home that you want God to bless, but you're rotten, and you're rotten because you're bitter, and you've been bitter for a long time, and your bitterness has has like a it's like a cancer that has spread up throughout everybody and everything everywhere in your life. It is obstructing your marriage. It is obstructing your children. It is it is obstructing everything in your life. If you can't recognize it tonight that it's in the way, how are you going to build a house around all of it? So what we try to do is we try to build homes around all of our problems that we don't want to deal with. Now we built this little room and it's a closet and we locked the door because it's where we hide our bitterness. We built this room over here and it's a don't go in there, we keep it locked. That's where we hide our addiction. And we got this other room over here uh, and and we built this Christian home but now if you come in the living room we've got we've got John 3:16 hanging on the wall. We've got the 10 commandments hanging on the other wall. We've got a cross painting hanging on the back wall and we've got Joshua 24:15 as for me in my house we will serve the Lord hanging in a banner over the kitchen table. You can come into those rooms in our home but don't go into that back closet, don't go into the garage, don't go into the attic. That's where we store all of our selfishness. And and the, and the master bedroom, don't go in there, it's never clean because that's where all of our temper is contained. Am I talking to anybody? 
And what needs to happen is we need to clean out that closet of bitterness. We need to clean out that closet of addiction. We need to clean out the garage where, where, where all uh, 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 of, of whatever it is, is is there. We need to let God remove the obstructions that are keeping us from having a happy, healthy, holy home. Instead of compartmentalizing everything in little boxes and putting it away. Um, there are things that we accumulate by influence. How many have said, my dad was such and such, and so I guess I will be too, or my mom did this, and I guess I'll do the same thing. It's not always easy to recognize these obstructions, but recognize we must. Let me ask you a question tonight. All the obstructions in your life that you've never recognized? Maybe you know that they're there, but you've never officially admitted them to yourself and to God. If you don't know they're there, ask God to reveal them to you. Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24, Search me, O God. You ought to memorize this verse. You ought to pray this verse. You ought to read this verse. Search me, O God. I promise you this much. If you, if you sincerely bring this verse to God and pray, and there's something in your life that needs to be dealt with God, I believe with all my heart will reveal it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to ask you again before we move on, and that's Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24. Are there obstructions in your life that you need to recognize? Here's the second uh, element in our preparation as we demolish the parcel. There are obstructions that must be removed. It's not just to recognize them, though we need to do that, but you're not going to be able to fix all of them right away. But as you recognize them and you give them to God, God can begin to remove them from your life. Though sometimes there are obstructions in our lives that we don't realize most of the time, most of the time, we know exactly what they are. You may have real issues with trust, with bitterness, with habits and hang-ups, and the truth is you probably already know it. That doesn't mean you have to build around it or even change your plans. Uh, if you are a Christian, ask God to help you remove the obstruction hindering you and your home. Instead of saying, well, this is just who I am, if you're going to marry me, you just have to get over it. Well, this is just who I am. If you're going to live with me, you're going to have to either like it or lump it. Why don't you recognize that God is in the business of changing who you are? What kind of cop-out is that for a Christian to say, well, this is who I am. You can like it or lump it. If who I am is not who I'm supposed to be, then who I am can be changed. And is it not that we are being changed into the image of Christ? So how come we are so dogmatic and set in our stubborn ways that we look at the people who loves us the most, we look at the people who admire us the most, that is our spouse and that is our children and that is our, even our church family, and, they, and we say to them, you can either like it or get over it. You can, you can like it or you can lump it, but this is who I am. But if who you are is not right, then why can't you let God change who you are? 
If you're a Christian, ask God to help you remove the obstruction hindering you in your home. Some roots may run deep. Some roots may be shallow. But all can damage your home if not properly dealt with. Are you willing to ask God to remove the obstructions in your life? I wrote down just a handful of illustrations of that. You remember Abraham? His name when we meet him is Abram. And God later changed his name to Abraham. Abram uh, was, is an exalted father. Abraham is a father of multitudes. God said, I'm going to take what you are and I'm going to make it greater. Seems to me like Abraham got a change in the middle of life. I'm going to take what you are. You are a father that is exalted, but I'm going to make you a father of multitudes. I wonder what God could do with us if we would let him change who we are instead of doubling down and being wrong. His wife, Sarah, her name, when she's introduced to us in the Bible, is Sarah, S-A-R-A-I. Do you know what it means? Domineering, bossy, domineering. One who dominates. Sarah was in control. Sarah was running the show. Sarah never was going to get told by anybody. And there's men that are like Sarai and girls that are like Sarai. Nobody's going to tell me I'm in charge, I'm large and in charge. And God dropped the I off of her name when he got her where he wanted her and put an H. Seems to me like God replaced I with him. I with him. And that's what needs to happen. You need to be replaced with him. And he put an H where the I was. And there's a whole lot of I that needs to be gotten out of the way so there's a whole lot of him that can get in the way. Sarah domineering. Sarah, and, 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 and the word there, a princess, but it goes beyond that, a noble woman. He took her from being a bossy, large in charge, domineering woman to a beautiful princess woman who was noble. See, only God can do that. What about Jacob? When Jacob was born, he was a twin. Esau was his older brother by a moment. I mean, by really by, you know, just seconds. And when he was born, as, as, as Esau come from his mother's womb, they looked in the hand of his little brother Jacob was on his foot. And Jacob was holding. And they named him Jacob, the second child, because he had his hand on the foot of the first child. And they said, look at that little fellow. He's trying to be born first. He's trying to push his way through life and get born first. And they named him Jacob, which means supplanter, which means heel grabber. Grabbed the older brother by the heel, tried to pull him back. So he could come out first. Supplanter. Heel grabber. Uh, and the, the thought heel grabber is simply this, an overthrower. One who's trying to overthrow the purpose, the position. Still trying to be in charge. We have a Sarah who's trying to be in charge. God changed her. Now we have a Jacob who's trying to be in control. God 
is going to change him. And you remember down the road, God gets a hold of him and he has a wrestling match with God and God changes Jacob's name to Israel and means this, God prevails. And God took a young man who was full of self-will and control and by the time he got done with him, this was his testimony, God wins. God prevails. And what I want you to know tonight is there may be right now in your life obstructions and they are hindering your home, your marriage, your life, everything around you. But God can change who you are and He can prevail if you will move aside and let Him. You're not going to build what you want with all of that there. Bitterness, anger. Unfortunately, people do some bad things and there may have been some things done to you that are unspeakable. But everybody's not that way. Everybody's not that way. And it's not God's fault that people are wicked. Are you hearing me tonight? And if you, if you live with that, it will obstruct your whole life. I have watched Christians die in bitterness. And I believe there's Christians. I believe they knew God. But I watched them die having never got things right with people. And it robbed the joy out of their life. And it robbed the joy out of the life of those who lived in their home. In the New Testament, we meet Saul, who would later be Paul. The word Saul means one to be desired. His parents named him after Old Testament king Saul, and he was one to be desired. When God saved him, he changed his name to Paul, and it means little or small. God said, oh, you think you're somebody to be desired. When I get done with you, you're going to realize you're just little and small. And if you've been saved a little while, you have already found that God is chiseling away on who you think you are and you're getting small. I think that's what John said. I must decrease. He must increase. He must increase. I must decrease. There are obstructions that must be removed. Let, let me give you this last one. We'll, we'll be done. I think I've gone for a little while tonight. I, don't mean to do that to you. Let me just give you the last one quickly. There are obstructions that must be rearranged. Obstructions that must be recognized. Obstructions that must be removed. And obstructions that must be rearranged. <clears throat> Everything that obstructs or hinders us is not always wrong or sinful. Sometimes these obstructions are simply out of place. <clears throat> The tree may not need to be completely removed from the property, but maybe just relocated. That boulder may look beautiful and work well as a landscape piece in the yard. You just can't build a house on it. What may be an obstruction in the wrong place may be a great blessing in the right place. Let me give you some examples and be done. Jealousy. That will ruin your marriage. It will keep your marriage. 
in the wrong place, it will ruin your marriage. The right kind of jealousy in the right place, it'll help your marriage. I thought jealousy was sin. Well, the Bible says that God is jealous. God loves you so much He's jealous when you serve other gods. He wants you just for Himself. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. There's things that are obstructing your life and your marriage that are not necessarily wrong. They need to be put in the right order under the direction of God in the right place. It's not going to hurt you ladies for your husband to be a little jealous. It'll keep you safe. It's not going to hurt you fellas for your wife to be a little jealous. It'll keep you right. But it better be in the right place. Anger. If, you, if you've got anger, well, that can destroy your marriage, your children, your home, your happiness, everything. But it can also, it can also protect your home. Jesus went into the temple and the money changers in, in there and they were destroying the house of God by making merchandise of the ministry. And God, Jesus went in there and turned over the tables in anger. And yet the Bible said that he knew no sin. He got angry and he never sinned. You can get angry and never sin. There's some things that ought to make you mad. It ought to make you mad that hell is in trying to infiltrate your house and the hearts of your children in every angle that they come through the radio and social media and television and Disney and everything else. And there ought to be some things that make you mad. And anger in the right place is beneficial to your home. Just don't let it get out of line. Some things need to be removed. Some things need to be relocated. Does that make sense? Yes. Criticism, being critical, is not always a bad thing. But it can be destructive. Uh, 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 we looked at some of these natural things a minute, a minute ago. I'm just bringing them back up and in the other light. Addiction. That can be a terrible thing. But not always a bad thing. You say, preacher, when is an example where addiction is not a bad thing? 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 5, if you must know. You can look it up later. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 5, talks about the house of Stephanus. And here's what Paul said. They have addicted themselves to the ministry. Huh. He said, it's all right to be addicted to good things. A strong will is a good thing in the right place. It'll make you dig down deep and find strength when you didn't know you had strength to go on another day. It's not wrong in the right place. Fear will cripple you to the point of no return in the wrong place. But fear in a godly manner. Not the spirit of fear that overtakes you, but fear of the Lord, the fear of the devil, uh, 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 the, 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 the fear of, of falling will keep you in the will of God. I am, I am not overcome with fear, but I am afraid of falling. 
physically and spiritually. I don't want to fall physically. And I'm still young. I don't mean that, but I don't want to fall. But I'm spiritually. I'm afraid of that. And because of that fear in a godly manner, it has kept me with some borders in my life that I don't want to cross. What may be an obstruction in the wrong place may be a blessing in the right place. There are, and this is the final part in the first stage of home building. Develop a plan. Determine the, determine the prints. This is what we want to look like. And demolish the parcel. Right now, everyone in here ought to take some personal inventory, not in your marriage or your home or your your, your loved one's lives, but in your own personal life, are there things in my life that are obstructing my marriage, that are obstructing my ability to raise children, that are obstructing my own personal walk with the Lord? And if there is, am I willing to recognize it? And if I do, am I willing to let God, with the help of God, remove it, and just like he did for Jacob and Abraham and Sarah and Paul, change who I am naturally or unnaturally to who he wants me to be. And are there things in my life that I don't need to completely get rid of, but they need to be governed by grace and discernment from the will of God and put in their right place. And that tree that was growing, just a sapling that was growing and was going to was going to be right in the middle of the way. I took a shovel and dug it up and got it out of the way, planted it in the backyard, and 20 years down the road, my kids can swing from a tire on that tree that would have been destructive, but it was put to the right place. That big old giant boulder that we would have to build around or move the location... We ride by it, maybe one would say, going down the driveway, and as we turn the corner, there it is, as a landscape piece of beauty. Nothing wrong with that, just in the wrong place. Lord, I thank you tonight. You've helped us once again. Your faith would always do so, and I'm grateful. Lord, I love the church. I love your people. I love our homes. God, I'm trying. I'm trying with your help to bring to your people truth that will help us in our daily living. Oh God, how we need you. And we thank you. Lord, would you take this thought tonight? I believe you've helped us and help us to recognize, help us to remove, and help us to relocate things in our life. Lord, if there's bitterness, if there's anger, if there's untrusting if there's if there's uh, natural things or unnatural things that are there God help us to remove them with the help of God we will thank you for it we'll praise you for it in Jesus name amen amen alright